ကောင်းတဲ့စိတ်တွေမွေးတာအကောင်းလောင်းလေးကျင့်ပြီးတာအမ်ဖစ်စတ်အော့ဟောလ်တူအန္ဒာစတန်ဒ်ဒါတိ
So in practicing mindfulness, we want to cultivate mindfulness and make it really strong. Um, and we want to have mindfulness as much as possible in the mind all day long. So Seattle says that's why the schedule here um, is for all day, <laughs> is to be mindful all day. There's not there's a schedule for doing things, but not a schedule for being mindful. That's from the moment you wake up till you fall asleep. And there's no need to be concerned that, you know, trying to cultivate mindfulness all day long will make us tired or, you know, that it will be tedious because he says it's a wholesome quality. And if we are cultivating a wholesome quality, wholesome qualities actually make the mind feel better. So... Um, if we're cultivating all day long and we're doing it with wholesome minds, it will feel better and better. It will be fine. Wholesome mind, I think, to a definition point, I love it. I'm going to change it. Wholesome mind, I'm going to change it. By definition, a wholesome mind is a quality that if we develop, it gives the mind ease and um, happiness and it is without fault. Siyadu wants to ask all of us, do you think if we meditate, we will feel more relaxed or more tired? <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> he says, many of us might feel like, you know, if we practice a lot of meditation, it will make us tired. Especially if we have to practice meditation all day long, if we, uh, he says, our eyes might start popping out. เกณฑ์เราอาทุตตะมันเนี่ยตะบอลละมันเนี่ยตะยาทุตตะละมันเนี่ยซอยินดีสิกะตะเกอกุตุสิดิผิดละมั้ยซอยินจาจาอาทุ
the qualities that we experience, but the the wholesome mind, the wholesome way in which we we practice. He says, if we so long as we practice without expectation, um, we practice and we are not rejecting or resisting the what we are aware of, and we're not trying too hard to get anything. Siada says, then practice should be quite all right. ดีกูอากูตัวสิปาลามะจานยะลามะสุยินลูอะเป็มมาล่ะอาลิอะมะยายแท้ตะลูจินไลอาอะมะยายไซตะมะจิมะนะอาอะมะยาโรสุเลอ
there's the team of the mind that we will be watching. So we will see greed, we will see aversion, we will see delusion, we'll see happiness, we'll see anger, we'll see all this. Um, but there's the mind that we're watching it, that's in the other team. So the mind that's watching um, holds different qualities from the minds that we are watching. And Sarah says, in meditation, we are, watch we are using this mind, the mind that is watching. We're using that mind to meditate. We're not using our bodies to meditate. We're using the mind. But we use the body as well as the minds that are being that we observe or that are being watched. Um, we use all those as objects. We use the body and the mind as objects for the mind that watches. Are you a Pwaziamalo? Are you a Shibida? Yeah. And Sierra really wants us to notice that what we are cultivating is the mind that is watching, the mind that is being mindful. That's the cultivation, right? The rest of it, the things that we observe, the things that we notice, we call them objects. It can be minds, right? It can be the happy mind, the sad mind, the angry mind, the good mind. Um, it can be sensations in the body. It can be seeing, hearing, uh, touching, tasting, smelling. So um, all those are objects. But he says, that's not the meditation. Those are the stepping stones for meditation. We use them so that we can cultivate the mindfulness. There is a mind that knows all this. And the mind and what is being cultivated is the mind that is knowing all the rest of it. Mm. And in this mind that is knowing all the rest of it, Seattle says the, the qualities of mindfulness, of steadiness of mind, of wisdom, of confidence, of, of effort, all those qualities are being cultivated in the mind that is knowing. So Siaro says, um, a lot of you have practiced with him, but some of you may not have. So he just wants to uh, sort of show us how we can know what is happening without using too much effort. Mm -hmm. How to be mindful. Oh, so Seattle wants us wants to ask, do we know that we are seeing? So he says, if you listen carefully to the question, it's not whether we are seeing, but whether we know that we are seeing. Yeah. Yes, you know that you are seeing. <laughs> you don't know that you're seeing? <laughs> he said, close your eyes. <laughs> now you don't know that you're seeing because there's no seeing happening. Now open your eyes. Now you know that you're seeing? Yes. Okay. <laughs> he says, and did you have to use any energy to recognize that you're seeing? 
No. Mm. So that's what he means by mindfulness. You know what is happening. So long as we can understand what it means, he says, then we can do it. We don't have to put in a lot of energy. Yeah? So he, he's trying to emphasize the fact that we don't have to concentrate to know something. We just have to recognize it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he says for a lot of us, we, we can get into really trying very hard to see something or keep our eye, keep our attention on something, but we don't have to try that hard, he says. He says, and if we do that recognizing, recognizing what's happening in this mind, this body, if we do that consistently throughout the day, he says, you'll find that very gently the, the, the mindfulness, you know, the quality of knowing becomes better towards the end of the day. And so he wants to remind us not to put in a lot of energy to be mindful, but he would like us to be persistent in being mindful. And if in all of our five physical senses, Yara says, the two most persistent senses actually are seeing and hearing. We are seeing and hearing all the time. They're always present. <coughs> so they're not difficult to recognize, but we don't have a habit of recognizing or acknowledging them. And we can do that. Yeah. So a lot of us don't have a habit of recognizing or acknowledging that there is seeing going on, that there is um, hearing going on. And he said that can, that is definitely uh, something we need to, to develop as uh, a practice. And he wants us to take the practice that we learn here back into our lives so that we can stay mindful while we go about our daily lives. So he says, since seeing and hearing are such easily available objects of awareness, Yadra says, these are two um, senses that we must become familiar with and conscious of so that we can stay mindful in our daily lives. Oh. So his first, the summary of his his first uh, piece of advice is to not to use too much energy, but to be persistent. The second thing that Seattle wants us to remember um, when we are mindful is right view, something called right view. He'll explain it. Right view, wrong view in the wrong view is wrong view. The process, physical process, mental process, identify the process. That's wrong view. But wrong view is wrong view. 
So, Sarah says to explain right view, he will explain wrong view first. <laughs> so, Sarah says wrong view is um, defined as when we have experiences. You know, we have the experiences of this mind and this body. He says this mind and this body is a continuous process of events that are um, continuing, related by cause and effect. But when we take this process and we identify with it, we take it personally, we think it belongs to me, or sometimes, um, you know, when we other people are their processes of mind and body, we take it as that person, we take it as a person, we, we personalize a process. Sierra says that's the wrong view. When we identify the processes, as a person. He says, and the reason that's wrong view is because when we identify a process as a person, you will notice that, for example, if there is anger, anger is a process, but when we think I am angry, then we have a judgment. I shouldn't be angry or uh, you get more angry. So what wrong view does when we identify a process as a person or a personality, what wrong view does is it makes the unwholesome qualities of mind, it accelerates them, it makes them grow. And this view, this view that there is a personality, Seattle says, is very entrenched in the mind. It's everywhere. So if you think about it now, I have come to meditate. I am sitting here. What I feel is mine. Um, what I know, I know. So we're already, that view is already very much part of our being. We need to recognize that. He says, um, he gives an example, another example. He says, like if we have pain and we say, oh, you know, I feel so much pain. He said, if we think of it that way, he said, it feels more painful. If we think I have so much pain, it feels more painful. But if we think... Oh, there is pain. And this is a process. This is nature. Let's look at it. He said there is a different flavor the mind brings to it. And it doesn't react. It doesn't get so involved and react so much. So we need to recognize that when the mind has the right point of view, it's looking at something in the right manner, the, the whole um, attitude is much more accepting, whereas when it thinks about things in a more personal way, um, the, you will find that the mind starts to react. It has more judgments and more, more suffering. Hello, since I am so what Seattle would like us to do to help the mind to not so much to um, 
put away the wrong view, but just to try to disengage from it a little bit, is to remind ourselves that what's happening and what we are noticing or observing is nature. It's happening naturally. There is a process going on. That process is governed by a, a lawful cause and effect. Um, the nature, the process, He says, when we um, personalize things, when we identify with the processes that we will observe as we watch this mind and body, Sierra says, when we judge something as good and it's mine, Sierra says, we attach to it. We want to keep it. And um, we all we want to continue having that experience, and we think of ways to continue having the experience. Um, or if it's something that the mind judges as not perfect or not what ideal or not what it wants, then the mind starts to reject it. It starts to think of ways to to get away from the experience. Um, Siara says, but that's that's not meditation. We're, we're starting to you know we're starting to choose, and he says. But if we remind ourselves that this is a process and we are learning about the process, remembering always that what we're cultivating is the knowing, right? The knowing. So we just know what is happening. Um, then reminding ourselves that this is just a process helps us to just accept that this is what's happening so that we can just know it and well, continue to observe it and in the practice of mindfulness, the goal is to gain wisdom. And to gain wisdom, we have to understand the way things are so that we understand the truth of the way things are. So in order to do that, we need to observe what's happening in an unbiased way so that we actually see the nature of what is happening as it reveals itself to us. Mm. So we're being mindful, Siara says, we're meditating, we're cultivating mindfulness. Mindfulness grows as we um, practice continuously and the second thing that happens is that because we're, we're being mindful and observing what's going on we learn so wisdom grows so that's the twofold um, benefit of being mindful mm. cultivating mindfulness and all the other good qualities and growing wisdom And it's important to know that mindfulness leads to the growth of wisdom, Siyadra says, because if our intention, if our goal is just to be quiet or to be peaceful, Siyadra says, we will miss the lessons that we could learn from what we are observing because we are trying to be peaceful, you know, then we start to reject what's happening or, or desire what we experience and, and our mind is targeting a certain experience and we forget to notice what lessons are being 
um, shown to us, what, what we could learn from observing this process because the mind has an intention to have peace. So we need to remember that what we can learn is much greater than just peace. There is wisdom. But Seattle assures us that peace will be there. It's just not the goal of meditation, but peace is a side effect of meditation. When wisdom grows, peace grows. Because even through, especially with (coughs) difficult experiences or when we are suffering and we need to observe this, Yadda says, when we learn from it, Yadda says, we can become free of the suffering so it brings peace. So the the growth of wisdom always brings peace. He gives a simple example of the difference between having the intention to to see what's happening as it is um, versus uh, wanting to have peace. So if we watch the breath and we want peace, Yadda says we'll always be watching out to see whether the mind is becoming more peaceful or not. We kind of, you know, that's our our target. So we watch the breath and we watch the breath and we're always judging whether the mind is becoming more peaceful or not. But Yadda says if we were open to just watching the breath and knowing what the breath is presenting, we start to notice, oh, the breath is long now, the breath is short now. Is the breath cool when you breathe out? Is the breath cool when you breathe in. You start to notice these different things if you were just watching the breath as it is instead of trying to be peaceful. So he says So when we do want to understand the truth, when we do um, when when we understand the motivation for practice for our own motivation is to understand Siado says the mind is more alert, it's more awake to the moment, it's more watchful. So Sarah says, when we practice the Dharma, understanding that the goal is um, to gain wisdom, having understood that, Sarah says, still initially, what we'll be doing is just cultivating mindfulness. We just taking moment after moment of noticing the present moment as it is. And in, initially, it may not seem like we're learning anything, but we're just observing. But as the ob- observation continues and you have a day, two, three, and you have more and more, when you observe continuously like that or persistently over um, time, Seattle says, all that, that we note, all that we observed, it starts to show us a picture. The mind begins to learn from what it has been observing continuously. And so Seattle would like us to remember that in order to to see what is what is, um, that we need to observe whatever is happening as it is. So we don't try to be peaceful, we don't reject what's not peaceful. We, um, he says, it doesn't matter if it's noisy or busy. 
you know, we just recognize it as much as possible persistently. We're not controlling anything when we meditate, we're just observing what's happening. He says, and if we just, if we're just having to observe what's happening as it is, Yadda says, it's actually very easy, right? We don't have anything to achieve. We don't need to do anything. It doesn't have to be perfect. It can actually be totally bad and we can just know it. <laughs> That's all. We just mm. recognize it. It's, it's, he says, so when it's going well, we recognize it's going well. When it's not going well, we recognize it's not going well. He says, but more than recognizing that it's going well or not going well, he says what he really wants us to recognize is that through all that, there is mindfulness. There is recognizing going on. There is awareness going on. There is you know, acknowledging going on of what's going on. And that's what he wants us to really notice, that mindfulness is happening. He says, practicing the Dharma, Sierra says, what, cons- what concerns us is whether the mind is mindful, whether the mind knows what is happening. He says, never mind if what it knows is that the mind is angry or that the mind is judging or that the mind is attached. Never mind that. He says, what you want to remember is that the mind is knowing. Because that's what we're cultivating, the awareness. So, Sierra says, we're not here to think about results or what they, this will bring us. He says, we only want to think about the fact that we are practicing the mindfulness itself. He wants to, us to talk about mindfulness, think about mindfulness, be mindful, and just... I took that that's yeah, and that's enough. If we just um, practice mindfulness, um, he says it will bring its results. idea, mm. uh, so those were ideas about meditation, Sierra says, that we need to have in general so that we can practice. Sierra says, Um, In meditation, we we can practice in different postures when we are sitting. It doesn't matter whether you're in the hall or sitting by the by the lake or you know out somewhere in your room. Sierra says he says settle the mind on something. Settle the mind on something in this mind and body. It can be seeing or your your breath or hearing, whatever. And he says, initially, so there's a few ways you could do it. You could just be knowing what's coming up in the body. Or he says, if you want to settle on one object, any object of your choice, and you want to settle there and stay there because it's more restful for a while, and then as other objects come up, 
just be aware of those, whatever comes up. Um, or he said, for some people, you might find it easier just to know that the whole body, like this body is sitting or in this posture, just recognizing that and then recognizing whatever else comes up in the body and mind. Yeah. And despite all Siado's advice to not resist or reject uh, whatever comes up, Siado says we will still struggle when we have a lot of thoughts in the mind or just when we have thinking in the mind or when there is pain in the body or when there is oh. sound. Like if there's noise that w- or sounds outside that we don't like, we're going to have a reaction. <laughs> But Siara says sounds or pain or thinking, they're just objects, just something that the mind is recognizing in the moment. And if we have that attitude, Siara says it is helping us to be mindful. Those objects are something that we know and therefore we are mindful. Um, And when the mind doesn't have that view, then it's going to start reacting and judging. Particularly with thoughts, Yadro says, um, you know, be careful because we tend to believe our thoughts. He says, there's no need to believe the thoughts and what they say, nor be impressed. We don't have to, you know, believe the negative thoughts, nor do we need to be impressed by the positive ones, he said. And what are thoughts? By definition, Siyadu says, uh, the mind is defined in one way as that which thinks. And so what is thinking is just the mind. And so, so the thinking mind is just another phenomena that we can begin to understand the truth about. Um, so there's no need to reject it or try to push it away. We can observe it, acknowledge it. Yes. Yeah. But that which is thinking is the mind, Siyadu says, but the story that the thought is like acting out for us or, or presenting to us, that story is, um, is what we call concept. That story is a concept. It's made up by the mind. So he says we need to differentiate between the, the thinking, the, the act of thinking, the mind is thinking. We need to differentiate between, we need to know that this is the mind and the rest of it, that the, the, the story that the mind tells us is just the story. Yeah. And since we want to understand the mind and the body, Siyadra says, well, we, we do want to acknowledge that the mind is thinking. Hmm. Mm-hmm. 
And if you think, if you judge your own mind as, you know, you, you think that the mind is thinking too much, Sierra says, just let it be, Sierra says. You don't have to pay it a lot of attention. If you can't keep up with the thoughts, you can just be mindful of whatever else is coming up. Just know that you are aware, um, Sierra says. And um, so long as we are not getting all worked up about the fact that the mind is thinking. He says, it's fine. We can just continue to do our own job while the thinking does its own job. (laughs) So for example, Siaro says, maybe we're watching the breath and we notice the mind is thinking. And acknowledging the thought doesn't stop the thought. Siaro says, the mind is thinking and we're watching the breath. That's fine. Absolutely fine. You can know that you're watching the breath and you also know that the mind is thinking. In fact, Siaro says, when mindfulness is better, you'll find that the mind tends to know different things that are happening at the same time. So don't even imagine that the thoughts need to stop, Siara says, because that's not possible. The mind doesn't stop thinking. Even if we don't notice the thoughts, it doesn't mean they're not there. You know, they just do their work at a subtle level. So yeah, perish the thought that the thoughts might stop. When it comes to any kind of pain, whether you have physical pain or emotional pain, Sierra says, what he wants us to really notice is whether the mind likes or does not like that emotional or physical pain. And mostly we don't like it, Sierra says. And what he'd want us then to watch is the fact that we don't like the pain. Yes, so we look at the reaction. And when we watch the fact that the mind is um, disliking the pain, Seattle says, it doesn't feel pleasant. It's not pleasant to watch. But he would like us to make the effort. Don't look at the pain. Look at the reaction in the mind. Look at the disliking, if it's there. Um, we will find this a useful um, skill at home. Particularly at home, Siara says, emotional pain becomes um, something that we have to deal with a lot and understanding the skill of seeing the mind that reacts to the emotional pain, Siara says, will and, and knowing how to, to be with it you know, settles the mind more quickly. So if we learn that skill, Siara says, then we learn to maintain the stability of the mind at home. Yeah, it's a necessary skill um, because the more we... Being able to keep the stability of the mind means that we're able to handle whatever unwholesome stuff comes up in the mind. We don't reject them. And being able to keep that stability of mind allows... Wisdom to arise. 
And when we are walking, anywhere we're walking, just around the corridors, or if we actually go for a walk, or some of us do walk back, walking back and forth meditation. Whenever we're walking, Siyadar says, to recognize we're walking, some of us know, um, have been taught to keep our attention in our feet when we walk and all that. But basically, it's to recognize that we are walking, the sensations of walking. Yeah. And although this is always mentioned last, Yaro says it is definitely not least, particularly everything else that we do. That is not just sitting or walking, you know. So when we open a window, when we go to the toilet, take a shower, um, yeah, look at things as we do things, um, do our chores, you know, vacuuming or what, weeding, whatever we do, Siyadra says, be mindful. And whatever we do, always remember that what we are doing is being mindful. So you know what you're doing, but you also know that you're mindful. Think of yourself as two people, he said. One person is doing something, the other person is watching that person doing something. And it's the watching that's important. <laughs> mm. <laughs> yes. So he thinks you can all practice now, yes? Is there any doubt? Would you like to ask him a question? Or many questions? Okay. So then he will start seeing us in interviews which start tomorrow. Okay. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.